Oh, it's the clown, and the cl- and the clown brought his own personal clown along. <laughs> it's the clown daddy. Isn't that isn't that sort of like when when you buy a pet for your pet? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, they're both here. Uh, uh, and and I'll tell you who we're talking about. This is Terrifier and Terrifier Two, and um, it's the fucking clown is the one on top, and the fucking clown director is the one on the bottom. As it should be. Yeah, as well, you know. <laughs> I didn't really know how clown sex worked. Well, like I'm in the but Brady There's part. a big clue right there. <laughs> so guys, what do you what do you think we're talking about now? Sorry. It's, oh, too much wow. They're scratching each other. It's yeah. it, it, it's like they're both apes. <laughs> Uh, i'm not as impressions as david i'm sorry that was an impression (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh in, in case you don't know what terrifier is um it's the story of a lost and wayward soul um who who sort of you know has this makeup thing on, you know, and oh. then uh, a- a- and then he proceeds to split women in half and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so, first of all, uh, which who wrote the script for the first one? I did. You did. Mm-hmm. Who wrote the script for the second one? I did. <laughs> gotcha. Um. So, so is, is this one? Going to be the same lighthearted romp that the first one was. <laughs> it's a family picture. Yeah. <laughs> More family values in this one. That's right. Real good family pictures. Rom com too. Nostalgia pop from Felissa Rose. <laughs> hey. Yep. Um, ironically, there really is more family in this film. It actually yeah. around. it is a family picture. film <laughs> centers around a, a mother, daughter, and son. Um, but whereas the first film was very simplistic, and we really just focused on Art as a character, just developing him and just showcasing what he's all about. Now, wait, we- wait, wait. What you're saying is the first one was an art piece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was our intention. <laughs> yeah, that's the. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus, you you know that my you know that my entire my entire focus on the rest of this on the rest of this interview is to set you off of your pins. You know that, right, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> he's used to it from me. <laughs> hey, Art's already uh, uh, Art the clown has already been up against me in this regard. <laughs> it's your turn, Dave. Mine. Um, I don't. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I? What was I saying? Where was I? What was I talking about? Oh yeah, the first one being simple, and then this one we're really focusing on the story and a bit more of the mythology, fleshing out characters and following, really following the protagonist, the heroine, Sienna, in this one. Because I have to tell you, in the first one, particularly when um, 
uh, uh, David was uh, cutting the woman in half. Mm -hmm. The most important thing to me at that point was backstory. What? <laughs> her <laughs> back. Her time. <laughs> <laughs> Backstory. I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um. <laughs> I always called the up at the crack of dawn scene. Yeah. Because she was a stripper, right? <laughs> dawn. Okay. <laughs> By the way, the first one was a family story, though. There was a, a woman and, and her sister, right? Correct. What, what, yeah. Okay, so siblings. Yeah. And by the way, the killing off of the obvious—I have to say that really on the first one—and I don't want to give anything away, but I'm going to completely. Um, yeah, spoil, spoil. The killing, the killing off of the obvious final girl, mm. which just, just it literally—I don't know if you intended it to have. That kind of uh, 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 visceral reaction, but I almost shit myself. <laughs> and yeah. by almost, I mean oh, I boy. shit myself. <laughs> so were you just shocked, or were you disappointed? Were you? I don't know. Yeah, like what yeah, yeah. You know what? I was. I was. I was. Uh, I was shocked and disappointed. <laughs> and yeah, you know uh, where it depends. It, <laughs> and very uncomfortable because I had to be because I was just sitting there thinking I got to make it to the end of this so I can get cleaned up. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of what we were going for. I knew I knew we were gonna really piss some people off by doing that. Um, but it wasn't so much for the shock value. I mean, we knew that was obviously going to be a part of it, but it was really for setting up art as a character that you really couldn't feel safe around no matter what and uh we would take the lead character out if need be just to keep him really uncomfortable right yeah. I, I i i like the kind of uh the mystic edge of him at the very end you know mm -hmm. um because uh, well you know what that's going to be too far of a spoiler i'm not even going to go going to get into the rest of that but it has led to what the fuck just happened, just as just as happening here, right? Mm hmm. Because this is all happening again. Yep. Now, can I ask you a question? Now, now, obviously, uh, Terrifier was on. Uh, it was released free, right? Um, it was on Netflix. Netflix. That's what I mean. Yes. Okay, it was on Netflix. Um, how many people have seen it? I have no idea. They don't give you that information. It's uh, it's impossible to find out. Honestly. Oh, that's uh, how how do you how do you continue your life without uh, metrics? My God, I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I could tell that it does that doing decent on there is when you go into the their horror section, they keep it at the top. Yeah, well, right. Which is, which is a good sign. I mean, sometimes it's the first movie uh, listed in the horror section or in the independent section. So I guess it's doing pretty well. But they don't, they don't give you any, any kind of analytics information in it. No, that that, yeah, that exactly. seems so weird because, you know, 
information is uh it seems like that's the thing that uh drives you yeah that that you live and die for is other than you can say that you got it on netflix right correct maybe they don't want to give uh you the upper hand in any way if well that's that that's what i'm afraid and the reason that i the reason that i kind of fear that sort of thing is there's a lot of it, it seems like a lot of uh films head towards netflix and i and i i wonder because uh you never know. I could have a film heading towards Netflix, and I, I and I just want to. I, I just noticed some really kind of funky things about their business model mm. that seem odd. Now, is it? If you don't mind my probing you, um, <laughs> oh, ask away. I mean, the only thing is, I we don't deal with them. It's our it's our distributor. So I've never been personally in in contact with anybody at Netflix. I have no idea what's going on over there. Got you. And your distributor. Your deal with the distributor is a one-time payment or that's it? Uh, they actually break it down into four quarters over two years. That's how Netflix pays you. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's uh, very interesting, but it seems uh, awfully strongly leaning towards uh, Netflix's favor. I just mean, oh, it, it always is. It's never yeah. unless you're huge, uh, you know, a huge. I don't know, like Martin Scorsese. I'm sure gets the world when he's dealing with Netflix. You know what I mean? But uh, not. well, yeah, but th- this, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, I just wonder because uh, it is the ever evolving thing uh, of the two thousands is how distribution happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, We're, we're rebuilding the entire uh, uh, structure of the, uh, of how films are paid for uh, how films, you know, what people are making uh, it's, it's all been completely broken down. It, it, it was one way. I, I keep saying this. I keep saying that we're repeating what happened uh, at the turn of last century, uh, last, last century. Uh, in the 1900s, it, it was the technical way of dealing with film itself mm-hmm. was determined. And then... From that point on, there was a certain business structure that was that grew with it, mm-hmm. and without too many changes, it pretty much uh, went the same the same direction all the way up until the two thousands, when yeah. digital completely rebuilt the world of film, uh, completely changed everything, and right now we're in the same. We're in the same boat with uh, distribution. Yeah. I think it were two things. I think it was obviously the streaming and then Hollywood just catering to that 1% of the masses and only making superhero movies, really, and things like that and huge budget. So it split everything up and TV became really big and just binge watching shows. Like shows became bigger than ever. Uh, quality writing went into shows like Breaking Bad and things like that. So everything. Right. Everything has changed, and the, sorry, the, the the fall. I'm just saying the falling of the price of equipment and the uh, and the lower the, the lower, lower threshold to uh, to being able to enter the equipment field itself. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, you don't have film anymore. 
Right. Everybody can make a movie and a quality, uh, a, a quality that people will accept now. Because oh yeah, it's I swear to God, it's the problem. I, I have I watch a lot of black and white films. I I watch. Same. I'm I I'm currently totally into twenties and thirties and forties films, and uh, the <laughs> the quality of film at the time in black and the black and white tended to be in slightly better focus actually than uh the than color films for longest time because of um the nature of the color process made for a very thick film okay uh, and, and it wasn't thinned out until late 50s and 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 so when you're looking at that you see all these varying um degrees of quality and yet it is very difficult to look at something that was done before the year 2000 and, and understand that that's the best it was. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Why? I mean, when's the last time you looked at a VHS? It's unimaginable that that was the quality that we, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't all, it? And, and seeing it in, you know, four, three, not even, nobody even knew what a widescreen, the actual oh. image was until, Years later, unless you saw it in the theaters, we just oh, right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I want to tell you something. This is really funny. Is that now that we opened up those frames, mm -hmm. you know, um, it is really interesting because I used to film with those cameras, okay, and 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 you would know if you were filming for a because you would see the full frame, right? Right, and and. So there would be a, a, a frame rim, and, and usually the frame rim was uh, created with uh, pieces of tape, <laughs> like ah, piece of tape, there, ah, piece of tape there, and a piece of tape here, a piece of tape there, and that's what the actual frame is going to be. Your right, TV, your TV box, right? Well, either the TV or the movie. I mean, there were yeah. right and. And it's amazing the shit that we missed because of that. Oh my Deans, god! Deans, as they have started to move out into the wide frame, there is a scene in um, uh, Teen Wolf. Teen, Teen Wolf, right? There's a scene in Teen Wolf where now that we see the widened out screen, you can literally see the cops, the the cops on motorcycles with the flashing yellow lights on either side of the truck. When, oh, he's sur when, he, when he's surfing <laughs> up there on the roof, sort of guy, I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't remember that from way back in the day. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's amazing. You know, but, um, I just saw uh, Jaws is possible. It is my favorite movie of all time. Right. Right. Absolutely. right, right, right. Yeah. So I grew up watching it taped off of television and then on VHS, you know, not until the DVD came out years later that I actually see it. And the version that I grew up watching had so many more shots because they would actually, you know, there's a lot of wide shots in Joe. So they would turn a lot of right. shots into singles. Right, right. Crop it all. So, I'm, I, you know, I was used to a completely different edited movie. And then you had a, all of a sudden you're just seeing these wide shots all of a sudden. You're not cutting to the individual characters. And it's just, a, right. yeah, it's wild. So uh, Right. Well, and, and also it so depends on the print that you got and what they were using that print for back in the day um and 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 like which one survives you know uh particularly on films that i've worked with that i've seen a lot like nightmare on street three and nightmare on street four i can tell when it's a good 
when it was a good print print. Uh-huh. Um, I can also tell when it was one that they ordered because, Oh, we got to get more prints because these are really popular <laughs> because right. they're so much more popular than horror films normally are. Right. Yeah. And so then they just put out these shitty prints. They have all kinds of like shit on them and, <laughs> and, and they didn't care. And like, you know, everything's a little bit washed out. Like, like for instance, particularly uh, like Freddie's hell uh, in uh, nightmare on Elm street three uh, can be all the way from a, a very sumptuous kind of yellow and, and red experience to being so washed out in red. There's one print out there that's, so washed out and red yeah. that you can't even tell what's going on. And all of that is kind of going by the wayside, you know? I mean, the the, the incredible clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, is even when we're faking the the uh, the look of the old time, uh, and, well, and we're, try, we're trying to get about that, how you feel about that, people trying to achieve that look. Well, yeah, you know, the thing is, is... <laughs> <laughs> if you do it well, you, you, uh, there, there's some there's some good ways to do it and some bad ways to do it. Uh, I know about that, bad ways to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that sounds a little personal. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. But well, you know, let's face it. The, the latest thing to do is to try and get a bunch of shitty Russian lenses from 1990. <laughs> and then and then see if you can assemble them really badly <laughs> and then you can and then finally you can get the, the background a little bit out of focus <laughs> yeah. but um, but digitally it looks terrible you know um but 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 you know all these things but the thing is is then you begin to realize it i mean these days what's People are always talking about, oh, yeah, you know what? We're going to go get us some uh, 70s glass. <laughs> what yeah. did you use on doing the nightmares? Well, we used 70s glass because that's what there was, god damn it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were trying to figure out because I'm always trying to give uh, Terrifier a retro look. Um, right. And we. You know, but that the, the, that glass is still so expensive. I mean, my dream is. Oh to God! Shoot. So I got some Jallo vibes from the first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still, you know, I we still try and inject some of that Dario Argento. Yeah. Vibe, you know that vibe. Yeah, no, no you, Mick it, actually got introduced to Argento for the first time this year through Deep Red. No way! Oh wow! Yes. Oh yeah! I mean, oh. you know, hey, listen, you you know what I tell him all the time? I said, you know what, you, you keep you keep mentioning films that I should have seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kid. You know I was too busy making them to watch them. You know, there, there yeah, that's exactly it. That's <laughs> fucking kids. That's, yeah, kids no, I do that though because that's how I am. Now. I don't really watch too many new movies. I'm just so consumed with my own work. And people ask me what I think about new movies. They don't really do it for me. I still just watch the ones I grew up loving over and over. The ones from the seventies and the eighties and. You know what? I I, got to tell you, as a guy who's had a little bit of sampling and been there and and looking at the old old movies and some of the new movies and a lot of the new movies, too, I have to say, I have to say uh, the new movies are great. 
You know, I, I, I mean, okay. the thing is, there's so many more of them. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of, uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, more technical experience that needs to be uh, taken from people who worked in the film business mm-hmm. for with, with the professional backing of a hundred, 120 years of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But when, when a bunch of kids get together and do it right, man, some of the new stuff is shit. Fucking amazing. Knock your yes. socks off yeah. kind of stuff. Really? It is. You know I mean? Speaking oh. of things that knock the socks off, I got a couple Terrifier questions, if you don't mind. Yeah. In fact, one of them, hold on. You're, I know you're going you're gonna to ask your questions in a second. One of those is Terrifier. Yes. Aww, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Just, just I don't know whether I believe you or not, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't have to lie. I don't have a, I don't have a lot of time left on this earth to justify it. I like that. It's it's like, you know, the uh it isn't gonna be the last uh ten words that I say are gonna be yeah. No, uh absolutely absolutely everything that uh Spielberg did was perfect. Yeah. And, uh, he's not gonna say that. <laughs> Famous <laughs> last words. <laughs> Famous last words, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You you were going to do okay. questions. Okay. So Damien, from a writing and directing standpoint, how is Terrifier two going to be? What turned up to eleven or twelve? Is that uh, from Terrifier yeah. one? Yeah. Oh yeah, we say that a lot. Um, like I said before, really in terms of the story, the scope is much bigger. The characters are much more well drawn in this one. Uh, we really focus more on the female protagonist. As opposed to art, even though art is very much in this one, mm-hmm. he's probably in this one more than he is in the first one. This is a longer movie, um, so that was that was the challenge, really, just bringing in these new elements because we know that the slasher element is pretty much is going to work for at least for the people who enjoy the first one. That's mm-hmm. all still there. We didn't sure. I, I made sure I was conscious about keeping everything that worked from the first one in this one, <clears throat> but just trying to expand on things that a lot of people had problems with, which was, of course, the simplistic plot and characters that you didn't really care about. So I took a lot more time with the screenwriting and really trying to develop these characters and make sure you care about their journey. Awesome. Well, Speaking of characters, DHT, how are you going to make that, uh, how are you going to make Terrifier 2's portrayal of art a little special? I, I made him a little bit more cocky, I would say. This ah, time. okay. Yeah, because he's a lot more confident in himself now, knowing like, you know, after the events of the first film and how he's come back, he's like, okay, now I got, <laughs> I'm a little bit tougher than I thought I was. I can take a little bit more punishment than I well, realized, though. So and I the have hit, more fun. And the hit movie. <laughs> <laughs> that helps a lot right it always helps yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> you into that uh, character trait <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you go yeah, to a modern convention while well, when they were having them without hearing the art horn at this point yeah. I, haven't, always I haven't 
There's always, always someone now, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, there's always at least one person there. And it's even at conventions that I'm not at, I'll see videos of people at other conventions and they're dressed mm-hmm. up as art and stuff like that. And and some people have gotten really creative with it too. Where, you know, they'll do gender-bent art or something like that. They have kids dressed up as art, but they're doing something different with it. And it's really cool to see. Absolutely. Art the artist clown. Yeah, yeah. There the you go. artist, formerly known as Art. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. He's carrying a guitar around with a big question mark. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Exactly. What was Purple it like working pain. with Felissa Rose? Oh, awesome. She. Is, I didn't uh, get to work with her, so yeah, this is a Damien question. <laughs> okay. Spoiler. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's just. I mean, you've you've met her and spoken to her in person. Have Have you ever? I haven't, Mick. Oh, nope. oh, yeah. I mean, she's like the nicest, sweetest person, just an amazing, amazing energy. And she just totally brought that. She just had us laughing, cracking up all day. I mean, we only worked with her for one day, so I can't even imagine how amazing it would be to work with her on an entire shoot. Um, just really contagious, great, great energy. She's she's awesome. So uh, I, 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 questions. I have a budget question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you like this? I I have all the nut and bolt questions. Yeah, they crowdfunded too, Mick. Yeah, I was I was curious about that. Uh, what was uh, your crowdfund? We set the goal for fifty thousand, um, and then because we had we had a couple of investors, so we were ready to shoot. And then uh, there was a big scene that we didn't have enough money for. We wanted this big sort of massacre scene. So we did the crowdfund for 50,000 and then we wound up actually hitting a goal of 220 or something like that. Um, 220,000. Yeah. 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 Now real quick, real quick. I was covering the story. Uh, like on my podcast, it was unfolding. It was like in 72 hours, they were fucking destroying crowdfunding goals. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's great. It was wild. We didn't expect that. We, we reached our goal in just a few hours. It was, mm-hmm. it was insane. It was like, what? <laughs> so, and so, thankfully, um, sorry. Yeah. Thankfully, we did get that extra money because one of our investors who gave us a huge chunk of our budget bailed out like right oh boy. So we wouldn't have even been able to make them. Doesn't doesn't that seem to be like a prerequisite for a <laughs> for a modern film? Yeah, I, I, I mean it's it, it, like we didn't really hear that much about that sort of thing back in the day, you know, because they were uh, yeah. uh because they were companies that made films. Right, uh, they had their but, back. Right. But but it's, it seems like a prerequisite for you can't you got to hold your breath as you're putting everything together and then wait for Bill to pull mm-hmm. his money. Right. And then you go, oh, that's, we got that prerequisite done. Right. Now, now we're officially an independent film of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Trying to raise money is the most soul crushing uh, experience ever. It, oh, it's yeah. Worst, it's the worst part. And you meet so many people, so many people that tell you, oh, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. I'm gonna, and they just drag you along. They drag you through the mud. Oh, God. And they never give you the money. This is, this is 9 out of 10, whatever, 99 <laughs> out of 100 people. That's the same thing that happened. Yeah, Vigits. And you know what? In regards to that is there, there always seems the uh, person that wants their daughter 
to be in the film. And then know the and, pulled out. And, and then they and then they will <laughs> cleverly, they're the ones that are gonna promise post money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because yep. that means that you have to you have to you have to pay up first. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Daughters in the film and then they're gone. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's, it's great. <laughs> That's so, why um, I was gonna say our our producer Phil Phil Falcone he's the unsung hero of Terrifier he's the only guy okay and this was like on a whim that he, like it happened like that where he told me I told him what I was looking to do and he said yeah I- I'm in I'll give you the money and he gave me the money the next day. Like that's wow. the guy. If they don't give you the money the next day, you're not gonna. Get oh yeah, it. isn't you're never gonna see it. Yeah. So so here's a big question, and and I, I know that this could be like kind of a, a controversial, but so you start out at fifty thousand, and all of a sudden you get two hundred and twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. Do you pay your crew? Oh yeah, we pay. We pay them. Uh, were, yeah. were you gonna pay them at fifty thousand? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But we, now, well, it was again. It wasn't going to be fifty thousand. We had more. The fifty thousand was for that additional. Season. Oh, gotcha. Right, right, right. But but you paid your crew. Um. Yeah. We yeah we paid everybody. But okay. I, so Dave, like on the first movie, we didn't. I think we only that was our budget for the first movie. Was, yeah. Right. We right, right, right. No. Five thousand, and then yeah. it wound up going to like fifty-five. See, posts and everything. That's the thing. Is that. I want to absolutely applaud you for that because it seems that uh, paying the crew is has become kind of a you know it's independent films didn't start or back in the day uh, independent because I worked at the beginning of independent films back on in New Line Cinema and uh, the idea wasn't that you weren't going to pay anybody to do it. Yeah. And these days, it almost seems like that's a given. Mm-hmm. But and I can understand. I mean, there's a lot of competition out there, and 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 part of it is you're trying to you're trying to prove that that you can that you know how to do something because there is no other proving ground for it. There isn't a test that you can take that says, "Oh God, I'm gonna make I can make a film and make money." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there isn't the I can make money test, uh, the written test. Uh, so beans is that doesn't exist. I have to absolutely applaud you 100% for it on the second time coming back. If you're coming back, paying the crew. Oh, that, that's a slow and heavy clap from me. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, the, the crew is the most essential yeah. part of this film. It's just like, that's the thing. It's just like, um, we didn't have a huge crew, but the crew we had, everybody was absolutely, absolutely essential for what we were doing. We couldn't have done anything if one of those people was gone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Got, uh, how big was your crew? Uh, maybe somewhere around uh, 11, maybe yeah. people, give or take. You know, we'd have some extra PAs come in here and there and stuff like that, but. I mean, just like a key, probably 11 people. Yeah. 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 Hey, Matt, can we do story time? <laughs> sure. What? We have gotten stories from David last episode. Nothing from Damien. So let's get a terrifying oh, well, story that's, from Damien. This is, this is absolutely something that we have to do. Um, yes. Damien, now, 
let me let me set this up for you because set the I, tone, set the mood. I, I, I'm going to set the tone for you because yeah. here's the story I want from you. Oh, <laughs> when when you think of a story, there's there's got to be a story that you think to yourself, yeah, this is the motherfucking story that that you know I'm going to get my beers on, right? So here's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the story that you get around the beers on. Um, well, Dave, what was your story? The SWAT team story? Yeah. Okay. So that one's out. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, ah, damn it. Ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not my story. I got to be honest. There's really, um, uh, like I was in such a fog shooting that movie. <laughs> like I didn't know it was, it was re- really insane. Um, so I have like little moments, little memories here and there. But um, one of the standouts, let me see. One of the standouts wasn't actually filming. It was the night before we filmed the hacksaw scene. And there was no there was no crew, special effects team to come in and help us do that. Now, not in terms of the special effects makeup, because I did all that. For the did I lose you guys? Nope, you're full no, no, screen. No, right. You're uh, front and center scene on you. Gotcha. <laughs> So um, we had all the special effects, you know, Catherine's fake body, everything like that. But we did not know how to hang a person upside down by their ankles. What this um, what this contraption was going to be, you know, what. (laughs) So it was literally me and my buddy, George, who's the co-producer DP. And he said, I'll build this thing. I'll build this frame. It's basically going to be like a swing set. So we went to Home Depot. We got all the stuff. I'm not good at building things like that. So I'm basically just like handing him tools and watching him construct this thing. And uh, the whole, you know, we're shooting. Oh, like, wait, 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 wait. Home Depot for all of your maniacal needs. <laughs> it is Art's candy store, really, when you think about it. <laughs> so it's like four o'clock in the morning, and like the crew's literally going to start coming in in like a few hours to start shooting this. And we have to hang a woman upside down. This thing has to be safe. And I'm like, this is crazy. Let's let's call <laughs> let's call this off, man. I don't know if this is gonna work. So he's like, trust me, it's gonna work. And he builds it. And then we're like, okay, but is this gonna hold her? And he's like, listen, man. He's like, if it holds me, it'll hold her. He's like, so I'll I'll check it out. <laughs> if you know George, it makes it funnier because like, so George, the is George is a big guy. He's like six four, two hundred. I don't know at the time, 30, 40 pounds. So we get, he gets up. We get on this platform and he locks his ankles in and to these chains. And I help him. You know, I pull the. He's holding himself up. Um, I pull the platform away and then I help him swing down. And he starts hanging and he starts holding right. And then, but we didn't think this through. And then he starts panicking and he's like, all right, all right, it works. He's like, get me up, and like, get you up. You're 240 pounds now and I'm alone. I don't know how to do this. So he starts freaking out. And uh, long story short, I just had to use all my might. I just squat down and I pull him up and I just feel everything in my back just start tearing as I'm bringing him up to the top. And you know, I got him up and thankfully he can get out and everything. But just like moments like that where you're waiting till you come down to the wire to to build that for the most important scene and making sure it's safe and this and that. So that was that stood out to me because that insane. <laughs> and I still have the bad back because of it. So. I, 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 I had a, uh, uh, a wheel of death. 
you, you know, I think it was on Freddy's Nightmares. And oh. uh, literally, we had this actress that we had to, like, spin her like a wheel of death. And right. the, director, uh-huh. the director kept going, no, it's faster and faster. And it was a <laughs> real woman, right? And finally, oh, so, finally, the director walks up and goes, no, it's like this. And he just grabs this wheel and just spins as hard as he can but he's standing <laughs> right off of camera as we're filming her and she pukes oh my and it oh. goes right <laughs> down the middle of his face all the way down and all the- so he got his comeuppance for that that's you know what it was like the fastest karma you've ever seen wow, in your life my it, God. It, it's what i like to think of as as two second karma right yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> he learned his lesson. Yeah. Oh boy. So. Directors <laughs> never learn their lessons. God damn it. Are you kidding me? We push as far as we can. As far. <laughs> who's the uh, Who's the DP on Terrifier Two? The same, George. The same. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You You guys got a great look out of it. Uh, it's it, very colorful. It's uh uh. uh Having having like the little points of light that that are that are colored in the background and stuff like that that have absolutely no reason to be there other than oh, they no, fucking just aesthetically yeah you know I, I the thing is is this is you're looking at a production designer who oh we love that don't we Mick? oh yeah we explain that all the time we, I have gotten these kind of questions for years and years and you go so well why did you do that because you know that Freddie or or or, or uh, uh, Leatherface didn't do this and this because this is this and this is and what what was why did that window explode behind him well because it was fucking cool that's why exactly exactly god damn it <laughs> don't overthink anything. Some things are just cool. Some things, Some yeah. things are just cool, and and it used to be. I used to be like that. I used to w- want to walk into my sets, you know, weird sets. Yeah, you'd walk into and you go, I, "I'm going to make this cool." And and I used to like get there the day before. You know, uh, we would be putting things together, and production designers like a busy motherfucker. And and I would get there, and my construction coordinator would know that if I didn't think it was cool, we were gonna tear the fucker down <laughs> and rebuild it that night. <laughs> that sounds like George too. That's one of his catchphrases. Like, hey, Dame, I think this would be cool. Is this cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. It'll be really cool. So yeah, I. I I, I remember Roy Wagner's uh, answer <laughs> one time I was on set. Roy Ag- Wagner was doing Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and uh, and we were doing the, the scene with the nun up in the up in the belfry, right? And we were on location, and uh, <laughs> there's there, there was, like, no way to light this the top of this building. Uh, the belfry in there, the ceilings came in at a 45, right? Oh, and I don't know if you know anything about lighting as far as when ceilings come in at a 45 like this, you have nowhere to light from. Right. I mean, nowhere. Okay. I mean, that's the, that that little area out there, that's, that's where you normally light. <laughs> so when you don't, you have all kinds of problems. And so, er, like, every... Uh, Roy put uh, uh, lights around in the room and, 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 and literally I said, well, you need to take any of the, uh, any saturation you want and cover them. And, and they would cut ca- cause silhouettes around the room, but, but 
of stuff, but uh, you, you didn't know where the light was coming from, but at least you got some light. And, and the director walks in and goes, well, why is that box over there in that corner like that? What's, and I remember he said the most <laughs> bullshit line at ever. It's like the classic. He goes, What's the motivation behind that? Right? You knew that was coming, right? What's the motivation behind that box over in the corner? And uh, Roy turns to him and goes, uh, the motivation is uh, I have a 2K behind that. <laughs> With my DP all the time. It's, when we're doing moves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, but the moon's over there. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I need to give a fuck where the fucking moon is. You know, it's a <laughs> – I'd, I'll give you the best of that kind of logic. Uh, I got into a really long argument on Nightmare on Elm Street 4 uh, because I wanted it to come out. I wanted the shot of Kincaid spinning uh-huh. to come all the way out. That optical shot, I wanted it to come all the way out until it was a planet, right? Uh-huh. The planet, right? It's yeah. an iconic shot, right? Yes. But here's the thing. <laughs> I, they kept returning to us these visuals of the camera going up further and up further and up further. And they, and every two weeks they'd ask for $15,000 more and I'd sneak it out of my budget. And we kept going up and up and up. And finally I'm like, God damn it. You motherfuckers. Look at the storyboards. It's a planet out here like this. And, <laughs> and this motherfucking optical guy comes in. He says, look, Mick, here's the thing here's, and you know, you can, you can tell you're going to hear absolutely supreme bullshit when somebody goes, here's the thing, right? Okay. Oh boy. Here's the thing. And by the way, I was, I was in his office, just like literally drawing circles on everything in his office, the walls, the doors, the whole thing. I was fucking pissed. And and he goes, here's the problem. Here's the thing. The thing is, is as you pull away from the planet, the planet is bigger than you think. And I go, what? Uh, and he goes, as you pull away, if you're pulling away from the planet, a- as you go, you would have to go, you're going to have to go for hours at 200,000 miles an hour to get out so that you can actually see the whole planet. That's, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Are you bringing actual physics? You're bringing, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. You're bringing actual physics into a nightmare on elm street film i can't even fucking believe i'm hearing this right i was like i was like look here's what you know what i'm gonna give you five thousand dollars more and when i see the rest of this film it better be a motherfucking planet it better be goddamn. and the, the great thing is, is you can tell that i was that he was getting pissed at me as as things went on because the first part of the his pullback is this beautiful model, right? And then it comes back a little bit further. You know, it it, it all always stopped with an argument. He came, the bottle came back, and then there was an argument, right? Yeah. And after that argument, it came back with what was called a reactive mat at the time, which is basically mm-hmm. a painting with a bunch of little lights and it's blinking, right? Okay. And then and and then another argument, and then it was just a mat, and then. The the final the final look of it was kind of uh, an optical version of doing it with crayons, <laughs> but I got what I wanted, so I really yeah, couldn't say awesome. much. That is awesome, man. It still holds up. Let me <laughs> yes. guess. In all seriousness, 
How does it feel to be associated with not only arguably one of the best sequels of all time, I'm talking about part three, but that's legitimately one of the greatest horror movies ever made. It really is. It's one of my favorites of all Thank time. Thank you. Three years old. <laughs> that's the one I always name in my top five. I say that we don't come close to it, but we're like that's a, that's one of our templates, our inspiration for where we're trying to take Terrifier 2. Like we've said that a long time ago. Well, see, so. honestly, it, it's, I, I didn't know that you, you don't know because you're in Hollywood and, and you're all your you're just surrounded by the world's most competitive idiots, yeah. right? <laughs> we're all idiots, and we're all. I mean, if we really knew what we were doing, nobody would let us do it, right? right. So, so you, the 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 thing is, is I didn't know until two years later when I saw Chinese Ghost Story. <laughs> I didn't know that we had really created something until I saw it absolutely copied almost frame by frame by, by the fucking Chinese. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess you've made it win. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a particular um, sequencer in that one that you're still so proud of or Wh that's which cool. one, three or four, uh, three, uh, three. Uh, oh, oh. yeah. Uh, in three uh, in three it would have to be uh philip walking with the arms yes puppeting That's because exactly you know I, I gotta tell you i i got to see the original uncut version of that oh, and, and, oh god <laughs> you just have no fucking idea because it was just yeah. this huge involved you know where do you see the club the hand come down and just grab the veins and rip them out. Oh, oh. Um, i got to tell you something. Just walked out of this screening room down at, uh, in Burbank, just, <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, literally going to yourself, that is too far. Even, even for me, oh. even for everything that I've seen done, it was too far, but that's, that's my favorite on three, um, on four, uh, I like a lot of the stuff on four, but I love the junkyard on four. The yep. junkyard, yes. I got, I got to, I got to make something really fucking epic there, oh. and uh, and and it was really, really difficult to do, but it was great. Oh, man. it's legendary stuff, man. It's yeah. I applaud you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. But you guys, you know what? You guys are doing such great stuff on, and and, and you know, like like we always. We always had the thresholds of film and the thresholds of, of you know, expensive crews living in L.A. and and, you know, and all the money that was acquired behind us. And the and the fact that a five hundred thousand uh, dollar camera package was required and all the rest of this. But the bar has changed so much, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that there's just so much so many cool things that we have yet to do again or to do uh, in, in this period of filmmaking, I just feel really, really uh, uh, super excited about it. Oh man. So, and, right. well, yeah. and now it's my turn to tell you guys, you have to go away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love having, I love having you guys on it. And, I, yeah. and when the, when the actual film itself, that's terrifier too, for those of you who are not paying attention, uh, uh, when that comes out, I, I, I want you on again. Can you uh, tell me uh, how to get a hold of you guys and all that? Yeah. Um, 
I'm on Facebook, uh, Terrifier 2 Official. Um, primarily, I'm on Instagram at Damien underscore Leone. That's where I give most of the updates. I have YouTube channel, uh, Damien Leone. So. Good. How about you, Dave? I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram under uh, David Howard Thornton. And I also have a cameo page as well, David H. Thornton, in case cool. anybody wants me to do any birthday videos or something like that. So. <laughs> I, I, I do them all the time. <laughs> I'll be in touch with you. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, Beans, as I've been hawking my book lately, you guys are both going to buy my book. You can yeah. get back to me privately yeah. on that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. Let's turn it over to our hostess of the Moses, who, by the way, has just uh, uh, is just f- finishing up the 100th episode of his uh, famous Gore and More pi- podcast. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, My fans got together and hosted the episode for me. And it's kind of like a retrospective of the last 99 episodes. Uh, You know, you've made it when they do one of those type of episodes. Right. Look how young and innocent I was then. Yes. (laughs) You know, you've made it when they're laughing at you. I mean, I mean, with you. I mean, with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so I'll take it away. Yeah. So, guys, thank you for watching another episode of the Rabbit Hole Podcast featuring Mick Strawn and myself, TJ Bowser, the host with the motherfucking most. Find this podcast on ProjectLouder.net and, of course, on Facebook and Instagram at Project Louder. So, without further ado, see you guys next week. Bye bye. <laughs>